The Final Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy, joined by the host of the At The Races Bloodstock Show, Miss Vanessa Ryle. Hey, guys. The first lady of the podcast, and it is the best Irish pundit in the game. No, he didn't pay me to say that. At The Races pundit, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. Uh, so, we're going to start... Even though it's Irish Oaks weekend, we're going to start at Newbury. Didn't see that coming, did you? Uh, so, Charlie Hills, Charlie Hills, big hope for the Commonwealth Cup uh, that ended up bombing terribly. But at the same time, Charlie Hills' stable was in bad form, is the first horse that Vanessa Ryle wants to talk about. William Buick up and so far favorite, but... I can't help but notice there's a few interesting runners in here. Equilateral, um, back. Will he get his season back on track, Vanessa, or is he making the market for something else? Um, yeah, this is a good group three in terms of interest. Uh, there's lots of horses in there that you can make a case for. Obviously, everyone was kind of overexcited about Equilateral at uh, Ascot. I know his Doncaster run was impressive, and since the form has been franked by a couple of behind him, uh, none more so than that Foxtrot lady who obviously won the big handicap at Newbury last uh, Newmarket last week, whenever it was. But um, for me, he, he, I don't know how he ended up kind of being the hype horse of the Commonwealth Cup. He just, there was a lot of chat about him. Um, visually, yeah, look, he's be, he was impressed in that Doncaster run, but I couldn't really have him. And for me in this race, um, I'm more interested in Invincible Army for James Tate, who ran pretty much his worst race of his life, basically, in the Commonwealth Cup. And that's saying something, because it really wasn't a bad run. He's um, James Tate's is sort of flag bearer, and he's, group, he's already won a Group 3, he's Group 2 placed, and he stepped up to Group 1 in the Commonwealth, and looked. It, not everything went to plan for him. He sort of ended up being sixth out of his group. You know, that race split terribly. And for me, I just, when you watch the race back, just things didn't go that well for him. He didn't get a gap when he needed it. And I think he can improve on that. He's back down in grades here. And he's a little bit more consistent than a few of the others in the market ahead of him. I think who else is... Yeah, projection is obviously second favourite at the moment. And Invincible Army is kind of five to one, six to one in places. I was quite surprised by that. I thought he'd be near enough second favourite behind Equilateral. And as I'm happy to take Equilateral on, I'm going to take him on with Invincible Army. Yeah, and there's oh, little, little between... There's little between him and Sands of Mali. Now, Sands of Mali obviously yeah. bombed in the July yeah, Cup, but he was... He was um, very much being talked up by, by Richard Fahey beforehand. The one that really interests me and this could be in danger of gabriel's caca territory and being a cliff horse. Oh, by the way, appara- apparently he won the other day and i didn't even know he was running again that was the plan he would have <laughs> he would have needed to be a hundred to one to get any of the losses back but um, yes hey jonesy i really like oh, hey jonesy. yeah Former U.S. Navy flag, former Main Desire, who was sweet, sweet justice for Main Desire after last week. And, um, yeah, wasn't that far behind in... Well, it was probably a mess of a Commonwealth Cup in the end. I think Sioux Nation's probably the best source from that race. But I'd give him a shot at 10s. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. This is a race that definitely... There's lots of horses in there that you can make a case for. 
I mean, on on formula on um, official ratings alone, it's topped by Invincible Army and Projection. Um, but obviously, Invincible Army gets a little bit of an allowance from Projection on the weight. So, being a three-year-old, um, yeah, look, you can you can make a case for any of them. I, I'm just a big Invincible Army fan, and I'm willing to write off his ascot run. I can completely see your case there, Vanessa. There's also there's this stat that's just popped into my head. Oh, uh -oh. this is probably. This is probably Norval's work. I had to talk him. He rang me there at two o'clock in the morning from the, um, the uh, let's just say the holiday retreat that he's currently in as he continues to deal with these crippling addictions. Um, something about horses who've got, who are officially the highest rated have an exceptional record in group one, group two, and group three UK races. <laughs> There's one for you. An invincible Hold on, army. hold on. You're, you're telling me that the best horse in the race has a good record in the race. Well, hold on a second now, Kevin Blake. Whoa, hold on that, a second. That's to that totally counterintuitive. I, Here's I the thing. That. Here's the thing, Kevin Blake. Invincible Army is the highest rated horse in the race, but it's six to one. He's the yeah. joint highest highest rated in the race. Ah, projection. He's only trying to ride coattails. That's all he's doing. Um, so yeah, he's... How, how does this, how does the system work when there's joint ratings? Do we just back them all? <laughs> <laughs> Second normal. Working well. Send, send more, more money. money. <laughs> send right, more I'm on money. Hey Jonesy, Stop. who's rated 109, <laughs> and uh, and I will I will stick with, with uh, him. Um, it is a very good case, a convincing case from Invincible Army from Vanessa Ryle. Kev, it wasn't convincing at all. <laughs> no, it was a very convincing case from Vanessa. <laughs> no, I don't have a strong interest in this. I don't want to give up, but, uh, but I do. I'm a big, big fan of equilateral. Um, I was worried about him going into Ascot that it just might be a bit much too soon. And I think ultimately that proved to be the case. Um, I was kind of half hoping they'd try him again at five furlongs. Um, after that, he, he showed a lot of pace. Um, and I'd say he is a very fast horse. But I, I take a chance that he might get back on track here in, in shallower waters. He didn't run badly at all. I know he was beaten a fair way in the end, but he travelled very strongly. And um, I'd say this sharper six will suit him. And, you know, the fact that he was as well fancied as he was, you know, I, I just got the impression that he is just super highly regarded and, and does, I can only imagine, does some fairly electrifying work at home. So uh, this might be the time that he... That he puts it all together. Uh, Charlie Hills, you, you can you can throw stones at his form. They're, like they're, they're running well, but they're just not winning as much as you'd like to see. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, sometimes people make the mistake of when they want to describe a trainer as out of form, they're looking for one that's completely missing the target all over the place. But sometimes the more significant um, thing is that where the horses are running well, but they're just not quite hitting the line. You know, there's something just low level knocking, knocking around in him. It's not turning up on scopes. You know, it's not that obvious, but there is something there. And it just tends to catch a few of them late on. And it, there, might, there might be an element of that with him now, just looking at the pattern of, of his results. But, um, but equilateral, I think, is a lovely, lovely horse. And um, if it's not Saturday that he gets back on track, I'm sure he'll be back on track before the season finishes up. Well, the last time we doubted a horse in these silks, he came back to bite us squarely in the insert colorful language by winning at um, Royal Ascot. That horse, of course, being expert eye, so probably shouldn't be too dismissive of him. Um, Vanessa Ryle, the Weatherby Super Sprint Stakes, take it away. Super Sprint, Super Sprint. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> so, no super sprint, yeah. <laughs> das, das is good, yeah. <laughs> I really, you can just throw a pin at this. This is a race that always confuses me and always um, has. Well, I, I was going to say it's always, it's always has random winners. It doesn't actually. If you look back at the horses that have won the race, they're not normally huge prices. I think there's twenty-eight to one shot in there a couple of years ago, and. All right, let's go through it. Let's go through it. Last 10 years. <laughs> 20 to 1, 2 to 1 favorite, 5 to 1, 25 to 1, 9 to 2, 5 to 1, 5 to 2, 28 to 1, 9 to 2, 12 to 1. See, just for people that aren't familiar with this race, the way it works is um, basically the weight you carry is decided by how much you realize at auction. Mm. So the less, the cheaper the horse was, the less weight you carry. So, you know, sometimes you'll get a case where you get a horse that's clearly the foreign pick and was quite cheap as well. So they end up looking very well in. But um, we, we've seen a few um, inverted commas, good things beaten in this over the years because it's, it's a massive field. The draw can be a factor. And, you know, you need to be in the right part of the track pace-wise and everything else. So it's um, it's a bit of an old-fashioned lottery now in my mind. The it's... best the best result ever was Miss Danvers winning off eight stone when um you know she she was a great story and when she won everyone was mad for that for Johnny Portman. Um but I can't really choose a horse really. I, I'm willing to give Snazzy another go for um Charlie Fellows because she was in season when she ran at Ascot and she ran poorly there and then that latterly came out as her excuse. She's um, a really lovely, tiny Kodiak filly, so she didn't actually, she probably didn't cost as much as she should have done because of her size when Charlie Fellows bought her um, as a yearling. And then she, and she, I think they thought she'd grow. She never did. Anyway, she's got form with Coco. Uh, she's got form with um, Signora, Signora Cabello, the um, Ascot winner for John Quinn. And... Yeah, right, her ascot went off because she was in season. And if you look back at that Yorkland where she was third behind the Quinn's horse, she um, ended up in front kind of like halfway through the race just through default. She jumped really well and they weren't expecting her to jump as well as she did. And actually, she ran a brilliant race to still hold on for third. She'll be a huge prize in this. And she's just very, very fast. She's the sort of horse that will go well in this race. Um, so considering you can make a case for anything in it, I'm making a case for her and I'm keeping the faith again. Uh, I'm going to be highly original and say Little Kim, who beat Chelsea Gosh, Cloisters, yeah. Chelsea Cloisters in Deauville last time out, and mm -hmm. uh, could be another fairy tale story for Carl Burke. The maestro Carl Burke. Yeah, absolutely right, Kevin. Where's your dart landing? Um, I take a little chance with Good Time Girl. I'd say she would have learned a lot from her latest outing at Beverly, and she might come on enough to get involved here from down near the bottom of the weights. Double carpet, 33 to 1 for Richard Fahey. That's what we like to hear. How many units, Kevin? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Divide up them units good and strong, man. Yeah. <laughs> small, small stakes here, small stakes here, lads. This is a lot. That, that is, it's a proper lottery race, though, isn't it? Like, it, it can't be emphasized enough. It's a proper, proper lottery race. Um, anyway, best of luck to you. There's the selections, three. The fact that the three of us have three individual selections in the race tells you all you need to know. Now, we've had a lot of requests on the Tweet Machine to talk about National Hunt Racing. Well, looking up for you on ITV3, there's the Summer Plate Handicap Chase listed race. 
where we will get to see Vicoint Denoyer for Colin Tizard. <laughs> sing it. No, 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 no. That's your job. <laughs> Do you want to sing it like, it like you did in rehearsals? No? <laughs> no. Kevin burst into song about that, about that horse earlier on. If you can figure out what song it was, I'll be highly impressed. Shantou highly Village. Impressed. Some kind of king. Jordi Deschamps. Too many diamonds. Uh, who else is knocking around in this race? That'll do. <laughs> Go west, young man. All right, Vanessa, who's going to be king of the jumps at Market Raisin on Saturday? Oh, God. Why are we having to go through this? I have absolutely no idea who's going to be king of the jumps at Market Raisin on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Who was that supposed to be? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just throwing my toys out the pram because I haven't really looked at this race at all. <laughs> good job good job weekend preview good job um, sorry well, what about I this didn't... what about this then our old friend Harry Derham will be no. help, will be helping Sam Tristan Davis back on a Paul Nichols horse after the famous yeah. split he's going to ride a Carla uh, who's got former who top one, who is, and... yeah who is just a very nice, lovable, likable summer horse, basically. Mm. He went. On, he was the horse that went on that massive roll last year, didn't he? Uh, I think he won about four or five on the bounce, basically, summer jumping last year. But uh, And he's back at his beloved Newton Abbott. He's won here a couple of times before and run well here. Look, I, I don't really know. I have no idea. You can make, oh, I, I don't know what's going to win this. Fantastic, Vanessa. Absolutely superb. Kevin? <laughs> Callet mad up and down the lines up and down <laughs> the lines funny that's what I was going to say Isaac Sweet Simon Munir 31 length winner last time out of a three runner race that's what you want to be back in Callet yeah. mad M making, making hay over hurdles while handicap back yeah. over fences there absolutely you go. up and down get the little bags ready folks up and down the lines Callet mad gets the job done at market raising we suggest each way just to be on the safe side right let's move to the curve oh, Jesus <laughs> Up, yeah, boy, yeah. Let's Thank move God. to the curb. It's live on At The Races. Kevin Blake, will you be there? Um, I will. I'll be live on At The Races myself on Saturday. Can I just point out, before we get stuck into tipping for this race, how good have some of the winners of the Oaks been over the past? Like, in terms of either sensational winning efforts or just, like, a good bit of drama. I was doing the promo for it. Alexandrova. Uh, yeah, and just Jamie Spencer on Sariska. Oh, yeah. When he did the little just, thing, yeah. Enable oh, last year, absolutely bolting up. There's just, and Snow Fairy, and there's just some horses that Peeping when you actually through the Chiquita. Archive, yeah. It, there's just some real, like, good good horse, good race horses that have won it, obviously, but also, like, good characters, good stories, which I love. Ouija I'm not board. Sure if we'd have quite another one this year but it's it's a great race this i loved moonstone winning this race and she's turned into a really fantastic broodmare as well so right it's dominated by aiden o'brien completely we've got bye bye baby who'll be ridden by shimmy heffernan uh we have got uh, forever together the oaks winner who will once again be ridden by donico o'brien and we've got magic wand who'll be ridden by ryan moore so kevin this is really a story about those two horses We've got Magic Wand to beat Forever Together at Chester. Then got stuffed by Forever Together in the Oaks. But subsequently, Forever Together has been well held by Urban Fox. 
and Magic Wand has been a hugely impressive winner at Royal Ascot. Does this come down to the ground for you? And if so, does Magic Wand be, deserve to be as short a price favorite as she is? Um, I'd say the ground is a fair part of the story. I think Magic Wand um, maybe just got a little bit lost in it at Epsom. And, you know, she's a raw, big, raw filly. You know, Epsom is tough for, for a raw Colt or Philly. And it may be, the ground was a factor as well, perhaps. But I'd say just, the whole thing just got the better of her on the day. And she was ultimately well beaten. But she showed that she's come on from that. And I went to Ascot and, and bolted up in the Ribblesdale. Uh, very impressive there. Beat Wild Illusion, who is very solid, to be fair to her. And, um, and that probably sets the standard, to be fair. Um, the ground will be, you know, good and quick at the Curra, quick but safe. And, uh, you know, look, a big scopey filly. She's entitled to improve again. Um, but I wouldn't be quick to give up on Forever Together either um, because, you know, we, we did speak about her before the Pretty Polly and um, I think we were all very concerned about the drop and trip for her given yeah. that she did look such a stayer um, in the Oaks. You know, I think the drop and trip, it was a chancy thing to do. You can see why they did it. It looked a, an open goal on paper, but it just didn't work out. Um, and I, I give her another chance now, especially at the prices. I'm sure Manny will read into the jockey bookings and um, they are what they are. But, you know, Donica has gone on very well with this filly before. and He's certainly no negative. And the cheek pieces will probably make his job a little bit easier because she can... Um, it's hard to know how much of that was the, just the trip last time, which didn't help Ryan Moore all that much in terms of how she travelled. And um, like, I don't think fast ground is a problem for her, really. You know, she handles soft ground, but I don't think this faster ground is a problem. Um, and yeah, the, the cheek pieces combined with longer trip, um, I'll give her another chance. Um, I suspect this, this should be um, a reasonably well-run Oaks, and that will suit her. And yeah, I, I take my chance with her at the price. Okay, she is four to one, seven to two currently. Could I put it to you, Kevin Blake, that Magic Wand is one of the best three-year-olds Aidan O'Brien has? Who? Um, I I'd consider that controversial. Um, <laughs> if she were if she were to win this well, um, you'd be well onto something, I'd say. But she'd need to win this well, I think. Um, yeah, no, look, she has the potential to be that good. But for me, in my mind, she's not quite there yet. Okay. William Haggis does love a plan. He's yeah. A, he's already come to Ireland and raided a group one. Can he do it again but see if class finishes it? Uh, I think he can. Bit of British bias going on here. Um, look, obviously, on ratings and what she's done so far she has to step up to the mark. Obviously, she's only won two listed races at Newbury, and the last one was not much to write home about. Obviously, her second start, she beat Athena pretty impressively, and we all know what Athena's gone on to do. Group one, grade one winner now. So that form is pretty decent. But yeah, the, the last run she she had at Newbury, uh, she won very impressively, but it really wasn't um, a particularly strong listed contest by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, look, she has to step up in class, but her, her breeding suggests that a mile four is pretty ideal for her. And actually, kind of, when you look into it, she really is bred for a proper trip. Um, and so actually what she's been doing over 10 furlongs is quite impressive if you, if you want to take that view on it. Um, 
she's a very late May foal. Um, I think she was born kind of the last week in May, which is really late. And so William Haggis has just been very conscious to take things quite slowly with her. I don't think she's particularly big or small, but, you know, when they're that late, you do just have to give them a bit more time in some cases. And that's what they've done with her. So they obviously, they wanted to run her in the Oaks. And then when the rain came, she's at top of the ground filly and they realised that the Irish Oaks would just give her that bit more time. So they've had this in mind for quite a while. Obviously, we, we don't need to talk about how well the trainer-jockey combination have gone this season. They've They've done really well. And... For me, I just think that the other horses you've all mentioned, we've we've seen what they can do. You know, they've had whether it's been Chester, whether it's been Epsom, or whether it's been the Curra or Ascot, those horses have pretty much shown their worth. Yes, they're improving in stages, some of them, but we kind of know where we're at with those horses now. Whereas Sea of Class is the filly in the race that we don't know how good she is. You know, she hasn't had the the buttons pressed at all really and those listed starts at Newbury and so it's going to be I'm just really excited to actually put her to a proper test and see what's under the bonnet I think she could be a really exciting filly um James Dore was quoted recently that he hasn't ridden her since Newbury but she did a very good piece of work I think and they were obviously pleased with her and pleased enough to declare her and I'm just yeah I just think that she could be the something special in the race Whereas the others, in truth, I'm not sure there is anything that's a standout middle distance filly in there. They're all much of a muchness. Oh, and I think oh, be... I take issue with that. Big time. Big time. But <laughs> Are I will... you taking on Aidan O'Brien's best three-year-old? How dare you? How yeah, d- I know. Well, <laughs> well, well I, do, was... I do actually think that Kew Gardens could be the best three-year-old in the yard. In terms oh, of... Well, gosh, obviously, obviously US Navy flag is the best three-year-old, but in terms of middle oh. distances, uh, I will say this, though. Oh, I really like CF Class. Uh, 170,000 guineas purchases a yearling. How much stock, Kevin Blake, because people are inevitably going to do it, would you put in the Athena form? Or is she just another typical Aidan O'Brien filly who has just now improved and is completely different to what she was back in the 19th of May. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about the Athena form. If, you, if you're talking about the Athena form, you must think um, Magic Wand is a, is a certainty because she beat Athena by a lot further than Sia yeah. Class did uh, a few starts down the line. Um, but I wouldn't read into it either way. Um, sea of Class, clearly really promising filly. I don't think Willem Haggis ever really wanted to run her in the Oaks. I reading between the lines now, I get the impression this filly might have a bit about her. Um, he's publicly described her as a bit of a character. Um, I don't think they wanted any piece of Epsom in terms of um, the effect it might have had on her in terms of her temperament. Um, I suspect they, they were happy to give her the quieter route of coming here, um, less of an occasion to deal with. But she'll have the variable of traveling for the first time. And they will probably, you know, while you know the curve will only have a few thousand people there, probably it'll probably be one of the bigger occasions she's been at in terms of atmosphere and everything else. And I just keep, I'll be keeping a very close eye on her now in the prelims and in terms of well, how she settles going down to the start. It's interesting that um, also, I, you know, people are slightly reading into the fact she's switched the tail on a few starts and there is that old horsey thing about, um, chestnut fillies being a bit more difficult than anything else. Um, yes, and that, she, that yeah, old horsey thing. 
yeah, you're definitely right, Kevin. She she does have a bit about her. I don't think there's any debating that now. I think that, you know, connections have said that publicly, but I'm not sure if that's necessarily a bad thing. It hasn't been a bad thing yet. Yes, she switched the tail at the last start, but she bold you know, she was running through the line true as you like. So I for me it's not that actually isn't a concern for me, but I do know where you're coming from with that. She definitely has got something. He has her. indeed had the quote, she's a bit of a character, but one of the things that would concern me is that they were trying to decide whether she would go for 10 furlongs or a mile and a half. And um, the quote was, it'll be either the Pretty Polly and the NASA or the Irish Oaks. And maybe we're reading too much into this and maybe Urban Fox was flying in her work and they went, yeah, Grant, she can go to the Pretty Polly and this one can go for the Irish Oaks. This may not yeah. be the grand plan that some have made it out to be. I mean, if it comes off, great, well done. But I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, think, I like I, the Philly I, a lot, though. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll find out on Saturday, won't we? But I mm. definitely think, for me, she's the most exciting Philly in the race in terms of potential. <gasps> How dare you? Uh, two to one, nine to four. That's the price she is now. So she's closing all the time, but... Um, God, Magic wants short. Deary me, she's very, very short. Uh, there you go. That's the Oaks. It's uh, live, the Darley Irish Oaks, live on At The Races at 5.30 with Mr. Kevin Blake alongside the brilliant Gary O'Brien giving you all the analysis and information that you need. The Minstrel Stakes, Kevin Blake, take us through it. I'm interested in Charlie Appleby's horse, Dubai, coming over. Former Merchant Navy, winner at Haydock, loves good to firm ground, really like him. Yeah, he's an interesting horse, to be fair. Um, he the, the chat was that he seemingly is like the best workhorse of all time uh, in, that, in that operation. The chat? Did you yeah. hear that down the pub? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> the chat. The chat from Charlie Appleby's yard is... I, right. I, ch I chat to an awful lot of people, Ryle. <laughs> yeah, in the pub. But it's, it's kind in of Golden. Bad, I think they've, they've said... They said it themselves a few times that he, he's an absolute rocket at home. Um, they ended up, didn't he run in like the French Derby last year? You know, it took yeah, a he did. Yeah, to, yeah. It's it's it a took dramatic. Him, it took him a while to figure out his trip. And we should point out that um, he's a gelding, so he'll never go to stud, which is a shame. But he is from the mighty Dubawi. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Look, and he. I my own view would be that that seven is probably his trip. So you know, he ran very well in the Diamond Jubilee last time and coming back up to seven will be a help to him. You know, I think he, he's a good horse at a level. You know, he won at Haydock at the time before beating Larchmont Lad. You know, I don't think that was, that was just a fine group three and um, the way it worked out. And look, he's, he's good in the solid, but we'll see what turns up against him. But I, he could be a small bit vulnerable now. What he do you make? a small bit vulnerable. What do you make? Because I'm not overly inspired by anything that's that's entity i mean i do have a soft spot for smash williams hey nobody stop me i'm going all the way um friday night light <laughs> seriously watch it it's amazing uh it's, a great it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant um fleet review uh st patrick's day i don't i don't think a lot of those will run they, they, they hardly will be the one st patrick's day so what did you make of his run on debut because obviously he was trained by the great and just imagine me Quiffing my hair, pushing it back, you know. I've wait, got, wait for the pronunciation, now, listeners. Wait for the pronunciation. I've got my sunglasses on, and I tell you then that 
So, Mr. Baffert, can you tell us about St. Patrick's Day? Well, what Aiden O'Brien's got in St. Patrick's Day is a superstar with the Burger King. Who trades him? Who used to trade him? Uh, Bob Baffert. <laughs> you'll, notice, you'll notice, listeners, that, that Kennedy pays no heed. He has no respect for the R and Bob Baffert. Oh, no, 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 Bob no, Baffert. No, 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 no. Bob Baffert. In fact, I think I'm just going to start calling him Mr. Burger King. Even though all the money goes to charity, it's just too funny. So he was trained by Mr. Burger King. He's a full brother to American Pharaoh, and they're now looking at running him over seven, which would be interesting because I go back to that stable tour that you did with Aidan O'Brien at the start of the season. He was talking about him being a Royal Ascot horse with an emphasis on the St. James's Palace stakes. And he's missed an engagement due to, uh, I think he was withdrawn at the start. And then yes. he drifted very, very negatively in the market, but wasn't beaten too far behind I'm So Fancy last time out. So he's had his run. Could this be the day to be with him? Um, it could well be, you know, evaluating his trip isn't totally straightforward. I, I, I give him the benefit of doubt and just say that maybe he just needed to run a little bit. Um, when he went, when he went to the car last time, I, I'd hope he'd come on from that and, and show a bit more coming back in trip. It, it's an interesting move. I think he'll be just about okay. As long as they go a, a good old gallop, but you know, he's got the usual, he's entered in the, the flying five, and the, the Irish champion stakes, you know, so he's he's the entries wouldn't really give you a clue. Yeah. But um, I, I, I think he's certainly the most interesting horse here. That, that doesn't mean he'd be the one I'd fancy, but he'd be the one I'd very much be focusing on myself with, with a view to the future. Okay, and who do you fancy? I'd have to see the deck scanners. I, I wouldn't like to stick my own neck on the line here without decks, but it, it, it's not a race that would set me alight on paper now. But like I say, I'll be keeping a close eye on, on St. Patrick's Day if he runs. Okay. But uh, I can't imagine I'd be having a strong opinion on this now, no matter what's decked. Would you argue that the standard is set by... I don't know if Spirit of Valor is going to run because it would be a very quick turnaround. Um, so I think he could be... Although, to be fair, he takes his racing well, but... I don't know, asking a lot of him, even though he won the race last year. But is the standard set by Dubai? Oh, I think with, with, with the system you mentioned earlier, you know, Sudwal runs, he's top rated, so he must be the one to go from. <laughs> no, 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 this is an Irish race. This is an Irish race, Kevin. <laughs> I told you, UK, according to Norville, UK racing. Uh, right, Send more money. Let's move on <laughs> to the Anglesey Stakes. Um, pop quiz hot shot. How many times Kevin Blake has Aiden O'Brien won this race in the last 10 years? Go. Oh, loads. Um, six. Vanessa Ryle. In the last 10 years, seven yes. times. Four. It's probably less, isn't it? Four. Uh, there we go. Uh, Four. Wil Wilshire Boulevard, Dick Whittington, Peace Envoy, Actress. Okay. Not exactly a, an illustrious list, you'd have to say. No. Not Dick at all. Whittington won the Phoenix afterwards, didn't he? He did, he did. He's, he's a stallion up the country now, isn't he? Uh, well, he's a stallion for Luke Comer. Yeah, good man, Luke. Well done. Um, it doesn't matter anyway, because he's not going to win it this year, because Viadera is going to win it for Jay Lyon. Hold on now, hold on now, hold on now. We've got Fairyland, who brings in the main edition <laughs> form. Obviously, sweet, sweet justice for main edition. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Well, we can't, we can't talk about any group race in Ireland without making sure we start talking about it through Aidan O'Brien entered horses. Well, I, I would put it to you, Vanessa Ryle, that she brings in the best form into the race. Van Beethoven, who she beat, has come out and 
won very well, although he bombed last time out, but uh, won impressively <laughs> afterwards. Sergei Prokofiev, uh, apparently beaten by the best two-year-old in the UK and Ireland. Ger Lines is going to run the Colour of a Dollar Horse, by the looks of things, who beat USS Michigan on debut and uh Viadera and that horse looks the most interesting because uh, since that run um I think Jorlines has had some very nice things to say about this horse Kevin Blake that's what Vanessa was saying before we interrupted her <laughs> oh sorry Vanessa sorry all right well take it away then Vanessa with Viadera no, I um, look. Everyone saw Viadera win at the Curra on her debut, and everyone thought, "Wow, how could you not?" Like from where she came from, she didn't look like she was going to finish in the first three, and then she just swooped along, uh, hit turbo gear, and ran through the line really nicely. I love the the quote that I really liked afterwards was Joe Lyons's quote about how that because this was this was his first runner um, for Calo Abdullah. So first winner. First winner, first, not first runner. It was it was his first runner, wasn't no, it? No, 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 no. It was his he first had, winner. He had one other before that. Oh right, okay. Well, anyway, he corrections he and omissions on Twitter, please. Yeah, he obviously thought a lot of her because there's that great quote after the race where he said that he ran. He ne he's never done this before, but he ran Colin Keane at 11 o'clock the night before and said, you know, should we be running her? E.g., is this the right place to start her at due to the ground and the other horses in the race, et cetera. And he said, yeah, let's just crack on. And then she went and won. And so it was a massive sort of relief moment. So judging that sort of, those sort of quotes, you know that they obviously thought a lot of her going into that race because they were nervous about running here and you get more nervous, the better you think they are at home, I presume. Um, I think, Kevin, you were on course that day, weren't you? Yes, yes, I was. Uh um, look, she she's the most exciting horse in the race, and I'm looking forward to seeing her. But Kevin knows much more about that form than I do. But I just thought that quote was quite interesting, and yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it'd be nice to see Geraldine have uh, a top class filly as well. Take it away, Kim Blake. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree. You couldn't disagree. She's clearly a really promising filly. But I would say, and we've talked about this before in the old pod, that she was very green on debut, and sometimes. They're green, they're finishing strongly, and for me, I'm nearly happier if they get beat a short head rather than win a short head, because if they win, as she did, they've got to come in to top company um, straight away, and their lack of know-how can sometimes catch them out. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've seen this, I think the, the most recent example we might have seen was um, So Perfect. Um, she fell in on debut despite being really green and it just took her a while to, to cop on to what it was all about. And that would be my concern here that she just might be a little bit too raw still to compete with, uh, excuse me, with more, with more, not just more experienced horses, but with colts as well. And it, it'll be a fair test for her now. Um, and it, it'll, be really, it'll be really interesting to see how she gets on. Um, but that, that would be a concern for me. What what she like physically, uh, just to look at? Because she's obviously vibrated breaths and not like by one of the sort of swanky Jubmont stallions. Um, but obviously he's thrown out a good few winners. I just wondered, is she big, small? What's she like? To be brutally honest, I didn't take a note of her when I was there. Right. Um, our position, our, our backs are to the horses and we, we were on air for most of the prelims. So I didn't get a great chance to have a look at her, unfortunately. But I'll remedy that on Saturday. Cool. With... Uh, a line on horses winning and it maybe being more beneficial to them to learn um, by finishing second. 
Just Wonderful was sent off an unbelievably short price at Royal Ascot behind Main Edition. She went off two to one favourite that day. Um, and was she a victim of the fact that she'd won first time up and then had to be thrown in at the deep end? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm, I'm almost certain that I, I made that very point when we were previewing the, the Albany, that it's just a tough test for him. It was a tough test for all of Aiden's two-year-olds at Ascot, even the ones that had run, you know, three times, um, given that he, he hadn't been able to get as much education into them as he would like to on the grass. And, um, and yeah, she, it was all just all too much for her. It was all too much. I expect her to bounce back here um, in a big way. And look, the fact that she was sent off the price she was tells you, you know, how she must have been working and how much ability she shows. And it's just a case of whether that experience has brought her on enough to, to put that ability down on the track here. OK. Do you expect her then to be the one to beat if she lines up? Or do you oh, think that Fairyland, so. do you think Fairyland could once again be underestimated? Sir Guy hardly runs here, does he? Why, why wouldn't it? Well, they're not going to fire Sergei Prokofiev, Fairyland, and Just Wonderful at the same race, are they? Mm. Yeah, look, sir, they might hold out to Sergei for the um, Phoenix. Sergei, um, for the Phoenix. But, you know, the Phoenix is, it's like three weeks, I suppose we'll call it. It wouldn't be a million to one, but um, if he ran, he'd win. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I strongly suspect, but... If it's just the ones we've talked about, um, look, I'm a big fan of Fairyland. Um, she was probably the most professional of the O'Brien two-year-olds going to Ascot, mm. and she ran a super race. Um, I look at it, again; it all comes down to price. If just wonderful, if Ryan decided to ride Fairyland, and just wonderful was a, a notably bigger price than her, then, then that's who you back. You know, yeah, because she she's going to improve a lot. I suspect, and uh, that that would turn me in that direction. But we'll, we'll wait and see the decks. But that I think the listeners will probably have an idea of my of my way of thinking, um, and they can they can adjust accordingly when the decks come out. Well, I think one of the big things to say here is just because it's such a powerful stable and they've got so many multiple entries and races. We've already talked about the fact that there's actually quite we haven't done the numbers on it, but I suspect you could make quite a bit of money by siding with Donica's mounts. Instead of Ryan's. Uh, it, it wouldn't be the worst system. Uh, it'd be better than the system you proposed earlier on. Yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the worst system, I think. <laughs> somebody somebody is going to tackle you on Twitter about that because that's a genuine system. Uh, it's like a Nick. Somebody somebody do a meme of, of a guy standing at a blackboard with loads of complicated calculations oh on it's it. easy Stick just get the um, on it get the and headline is the system send more money no no that's easy <laughs> just get the one from uh, thor the dark world where eric oh, selvig no marvel, that that when eric marvel. selvig is in the mental institute and he's he's um riding on a chalkboard and there's loads of easter eggs for future marvel ones just just use Jesus that that'll do, it. that'll do it no there's there's there two house rules in the podcast now kennedy no decimals and no marvel no absolutely not that is <laughs> and, completely um, not allowed you're talking about the highest grossing films of all time man you uh, giant nerd oh. you massive nerd we're gonna get <laughs> Rishi Passad we're getting Rishi Passad back on the show just to review uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp that's all he's not even here to talk about <laughs> racing just to review Ant-Man and the Wasp listen to yourself man Ant-Man and the Wasp yeah yeah these are serious serious characters in the Marvel Universe good 
god. Unbelievable I'm stuff. I'm just so excited to start printing cash with our new back the best horse race in the race system. I'm honestly just so highest rated. Highest rated, so Vanessa. Highest rated. Right, let's talk about the uh, Club Godolphin Irish EBF maiden. Why, I hear you ask. Uh-huh. Well, it's pedigree because chat. it's time for pedigree chat on the final Furla podcast. So we have <laughs> Go on, Kennedy, off you go. We Anyone have let's look at the entries of this race and might be guessing in their own mind. I wonder what Kennedy will lead off on. So off you go, Kennedy. Surprise the nation. <laughs> we have the first foal of uh, a superstar Philly who we mentioned on the podcast just last week, Duntle. Sirius Maximus by Galileo out of Duntle running in the Flaxman Stable Colors, which of course is the New Yorkers family for Aidan O'Brien in the seven furlong maiden on the Sunday. Uh, we've also got 100 to 1 landed. <laughs> one, 100 to 1 on. Jesus. Yeah, one, 100 to 1. Jenny, I'll take that one. Thanks Blake, very much. Blake, Blake Bett will be out of business. Blake Bett just... Who is Blake Bett, by the way? Who is Blake Bett? I have Bet? no idea. I have no idea. It's not me. <laughs> Are you sure? It's it's, is it you, Vanessa? No, Jesus, it's not me. <laughs> who is Blake Bett? We need to find that out. Uh, we've got a son of Australia called Western Australia, 260,000 guineas yearling, um, who is also entered for the O'Brien team uh, in a race that they've got pretty decent record in. Um, Jack Yates, we've talked about before on the show. Mount Everest was a short price favorite in the morning. The um, son out of Six Perfections, but drifted and uh, and ran all right, I would say. <laughs> So what happened there, lads? Uh, the the <laughs> lads. Kennedy, Kennedy got so excited about this horse's pedigree and the fact that it was running in the Arcos colours. He got stuck into Bet365 at 4pm the evening before, lettered into it, all blue everywhere. And then the people that actually know what they're doing were like, oh. don't, <laughs> no. have an, don't have an account with them, Kevin, not allowed. And secondly, uh, no, didn't back the horse because I wouldn't want to be backing one on debut. Pop quiz, hot shot. How many times has Aidan O'Brien won this race in the last 10 years? Go. I don't know. <laughs> Vanessa? I don't know, but you failed to mention the actual horse with the best pedigree in the race, whose sister also runs on the same card. Xander. No. Well, Xander T. S. is. T. S. Elliot is 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 out of Remember When, which I is did mention. I did mention Xander. By the way, is the horse that you failed to mention. That's the Jarlines horse who first run, but has yet to win. Uh, but may very well do so in this race. You did mention T. S. <laughs> Vanessa didn't fail to mention anyone because you've just been rattling them off for the last five minutes. <laughs> uh, so he's a brother to Wedding Vow and Bye Bye Baby and Beacon Rock. Yeah. And uh, obviously it, on, on the Coolmore well-named system would be, <laughs> would be back for the Derby right now. Uh, so Aiden O'Brien has won this six out of the last ten years. Um, <sighs> who really interests you? Because Joseph's got one here as well. Crockford. To- yeah, Joseph's got two. Uh, Crockford ran very well first time out. Like Camelot, Camelot again. Yeah, and his other one would be one you'd highlight on the old pedigree meter as well because he, he's it's a colt by Invincible Spirit and is a half-brother to just the judge. Um, big, big, big pedigree. That's that's a fabulous family. That, that family has thrown up uh, an array of sales toppers at both the Fola and Yearling sales in recent years. And um, that that's that's... 
owned by her breeder. So and ran in one of the people haven't really copped on to the existence of these yet. So in terms of punters, but I probably shouldn't advertise the fact because it's been really interesting. But they've run. They've done it twice now, but they've run barrier trials at Dundalk there. They ran two of them in May, and they ran two of them a week ago. And uh, they've thrown up a good few winners now. And the videos are up on the Irish Turbot Marketing website. Um, they don't give you the weights, but they give you the horses, the pedigrees. They, they wear their racing colors, and they jump out of stalls and, and race for five furlongs. And um, this fella shaped quite nicely, I thought, and won last week. Um, you know, they, they, it's not a race. It's a barrier trial. So the jockeys don't have to really ask them for – they can ask them for as much as they want, but most will give them a very, you know, tender educational experience. And that was the case with him. But I thought he shaped quite well. He looked a nice horse in the making. So um, we'll see how he goes on his first race course outing. Okay. Um, and as Joseph, O'Brien's, other... as Joseph O'Brien's race planner, you will, of course, know that he won this race with Arcada two years ago. Yeah, there you go. He ended up in Hong Kong, that horse, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's. I'll I'll talk about a few others quickly. Um, Enticed is uh, a full sister to Capri. Um, that would be one of the more where one of is the more Capri? Ones in my book, where is um, he? He's on the way back. He's on the way back. Um, I don't think it'll be tomorrow or the day after, but it might not be too far away. Hopefully, excellent, good. What was um, wrong she, with she, she, I just had a little setback after his comeback. Um, wow. Nothing, nothing too serious. But she cost eight hundred thousand um, as a yearling. Cheap, uh, cheap then. Peanuts. Ah, sure. Look at you. Uh, there's a couple of others I had in my mind here. If you allow me to, um, Tommy Stack or Fuzzy Stack, sorry, has a well-named no name ever called Never Ever Say Never. That'll be one for Desi. <laughs> Des- Desi would be happy to be retiring this weekend. <laughs> Fozzy Stack's been going quite well, hasn't he? Yeah, he has absolutely. Yeah, flying the flag for Golden can't beat it. Yeah, um, and no, 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 never continues to go well. Yes. Um. So that that's that's it. and we know Tommy. Um, force of habit now. Apologies. We know Fozzy Stack is well able to, um, get one ready to to win first time out, and the market is normally a very good indicator. Um, and there's a set of colours we don't see all that often nowadays. The, the David Nagel colours um, has a filly there by Warfront out of Imagine. Um, of course, the Oaks winner, um, and she's been a, she's been a fair a good brood mare, you have to say. Probably best known for being a dam of poor old Horatio Nelson, who, oh. who was a right horse. Uh, and uh, met with a premature end oh, in the derby. Met with a terrible end in the derby. Yeah, he broke his leg in the derby coming down the. Yeah. That, just just coming around the final turn was shocking, awful. Yeah, that that was rough. He was a real good horse. Oh, he was super talented. Um, yeah, that this the this the first one I've imagined we've seen for a couple of years. She must have been barren a couple of years, but um, yeah, it'd be good, good to see one of them back. Mona Lisa Smile, she's called. Okay. Uh, so we'll keep we'll keep an eye out for her. What about? Um, um, I just I'm just gonna highlight now. It's not it's not a big one to highlight on pedigree now, but I'll highlight this set of silks silks because uh, if you look at Alwyn's Dream, uh, trained by uh, Katie Brown, have a look at the silks. They're pretty nifty now. Uh, I suspect it's an American owner because they don't really allow these type of silks in in our neck of the woods. But um, it's very it's very much like Irish silks. Green little green shamrock there on the chest, orange cap. 
Um, lovely, lovely set of silks by all accounts. Why don't we <laughs> allow those those silks? Because um, Jessica Harrington's Martial Law has got MC written in the middle, a little bit like that as well. Why don't we allow these silks? I think that the justification all along was that it was just it was just tricky for the printers and everything else. But now they're auctioning these very elaborate and fancy silks. The BHA are auctioning them. Um, Escobar wears them uh, the dartboard silks Um, so I suspect we'll be very very close in the near future they'll allow people to to come up with whatever the hell they want which is great uh, because you know a bit of colour a bit of creativity is all good in my book Um, and yeah this this fella has owned uh, John Dillon is his name I'm not familiar with him but it appears that he's had some big winners in America um, in years gone by and those are a smashing pair of silks John fair play yeah they are no, fascinating. Um, Don't be giggling, Vanessa. They're cool silks. Look at them. They're class. Sorry, I'm just. Do you know what? I was just giggling to myself. It was like we we touted this little section of the podcast as pedigree chat with the final <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Four minutes later, Kevin's going, and they're very pretty silks. They've got a sharp rock <laughs> and they've got a green sleeve. And Welcome da, 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 back da. to Racing Fashion Corner on the final <laughs> Verlon podcast. We're judge. So, out of the Coolmore team, Kevin, who do you favor? You do you favor Derek Smith's colors? Uh, John Magner's colors, the navy, the pink, or what about Michael Tabor? The intricacy of the design of Tabor silks. What do you reckon, my friend? What do you think? Well, I know, Kennedy, you, you never saw a pair of cool more associated silks that you didn't like. We know that. 100%. <laughs> what you didn't mention was obviously shocking omission the Niarco silks. That's the ones you want to be looking at, they're the ones you want to be involved with. Um, of those maiden uh, horses, what about Henry de Bromhead with the with the, with the daughter of Galileo? Henry de Bromhead um, is becoming more and more interested in flat racing. He is, and he's got he's got this filly for uh, Mrs. Rowley Williams, of course, the owner of Special Tiara. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, bred daughter of Galileo didn't didn't show a huge amount first time. You'd have to say, but um, would be entitled to come on from that. Yeah. Kevin, I've just, I'm sorry, Emmett, I've just just thought of something. With your obsession with um, the Niarcos family and your obsession with women in general, um, you're surely sort of like your massive racing crush has to be one of the Niarcos women. Like, oh, yeah. Which, which I, one I, I do you reckon? Ken, I think Kennedy. I think Kennedy's antenna are raising a little bit for for a lecture in the Arcos. I think only when he finally realizes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I well, think you know she she's definitely she's definitely well up there in most people's racing crushes. I think. And, you see, the uh, thing is, thinking... Vanessa. The thing is, and and I'm sure Vanessa that you are very well aware of this, but. Electra is an anti-hero in Daredevil, a Marvel show and comic. Oh, so stop. obviously, stop. Electra Niarchos is the one that, um, yes, I would be most interested in interviewing <laughs> slash meeting. And if, and if Electra Niarchos is listening to this, hi Electra, no hi Electra, run, say <laughs> Kevin, I well, what the let's. It is absolutely one oh one across the boards that. That's hundred to one on. Will have a picture of some sort with Electra <laughs> Niarchos at some point in the next year to 18 months. And an I interview. I see this happening. And an interview. Factual fact, yeah. yeah. Factual yeah. fact. 100%. 100%. Hey, look, um, because of because of Alpha, um, Kate Harrington's very friendly with her. You might just want to use that. Yeah, there we go. There, there, there's your road in. Well, yeah. now you see, I don't want to complicate things, Vanessa, so, you know... <laughs> 
Oh, I'm happy to play along. I'm happy to play along. Right. Um... <laughs> I tell you, but before we, before we, uh, before we, uh, play, inverted commas, play along. <laughs> yeah. Um, just before we wrap up pedigree chat, I'll give a, I'll give a shout out to a stable tour I did with Johnny Marta because I asked him at the, the end. Legend. I asked him for, is there any two-year-old Johnny? And most people, most fellas you know, don't take up this opportunity. I said, Johnny, is there any two-year-old coming up there that you particularly like that hasn't run yet that I might know about that you'd like to highlight? And most people say, ah, no, Kevin, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And, and hang up the phone as quickly as they can. But Johnny elected um, Archaeology, who who is going to run on Saturday, I reckon, first time out. And he did give the proviso that he might well need the run, need the experience, but he did describe him as one of his best two-year-olds so um, keep a close eye on him, I reckon. And Johnny Murta nice. is in flying, flying form. So that is very much yours to be keeping on side. Anything else? So there, so there we go, listeners. You've, you've had to negotiate racing, fashion talk. I will babble about pedigrees. Now, finally, at the end of the rainbow, there was a little actually potentially useful nugget there. So well done. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, on well the tweet done. machine, <laughs> and, um, and thank you very much to everybody for the kind words on social media. Um, oh. But there's been... <laughs> so much talk about uh, our pedigree chats which has been great um thank you very we've very been much inundated with a tweet <laughs> <laughs> no we've got um we've had quite a few we've had a we've had a one number. person said they liked the little dubawi story and now we've created a whole segment yeah no we've had a we've had a number a number of tweets from people saying that they uh, they really really enjoyed the pedigree chat uh, also and that uh, number is two uh <laughs> Also, thank you to uh, Katarina, who was listening to us on a three-hour train journey. And uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hashtag... Uh, she's my friend. She's actually a friend of mine. Hashtag and... in tears in a good way. She, she's a friend of mine, and she used to be a jockey, and she'd ridden a load of winners in somewhere in Europe. She's actually... And then she went on the Irish National Stud course, and now she's working at various places. But she's, she's actually a really good girl. Well done. Vanessa, that's, that's the, clearly not the important thing in, uh, that has led to Kennedy giving her a shout out. The most important thing is she is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying thanks very much for the kind words on social media. Uh, Kevin, we, we, had, we, had, we had lots of really nice tweets for men. Why don't you read them out? Uh, so don't have time. We're caught for time, Kevin. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh god um so predictable the the, the painkillers are wearing off and i'm starting to, to get in serious agony oh, again so, bingo. So, as we, it's just so easy as we come to the end of the show uh, Kev, of all the um of all the exciting pedigrees that we have on show this weekend kevin who are you most excited about um circus maximus the the brian the Echo yeah good man kevin blake good man <laughs> No, I was fond of Duntle, um, and this is her first foal, so that that'll be really interesting yeah. to see. Uh, yeah. she was a she was a smashing fit. Ah, oh, she was terrific. Royal Ascot winner for David Watchman. She'll be very very interesting. Um, I'd probably favour though the the other one, Mount Everest. I think she'll he'll improve for that, and uh, would be interesting if he if he was to run at the weekend. So. Um, Vanessa I'll go to the fire there, is she? Me. Yeah, well, T. S. Eliot, uh, obviously beautifully bred as well. So we'll see if he. If he rocks up. I'm making a cup of tea, Kevin. That's what I'm nice. doing. Nothing wrong with that. Nice. Um, Kevin, of all the horses who are running over the weekend, who are you most excited about discussing with Gary O'Brien on At The Races? 
Ooh. Um, yeah, there's, it's going to be a proper card now the whole way through um, from those maidens we talked about through to the Anglesey, the Irish Oaks, the Minstrel, so on and so forth. Do you want me to pick out one? Um, oh, tough, tough, tough. I'll be really interested. I'll be really interested and engaged by how Sea of Class gets on. I'll be keeping a really yes. close eye on her. But you're not, you're not tipping really, her, really though, good. are you? I'm not tipping her, but in terms of an interest, I'll be I'll be very interested in watching her and seeing if she can step up to the plate. But I, but I would favor for forever together. Okay, so you're going to stick with forever together to bounce back over uh, her favorite trip um, as she once again clashes with magic wand. Uh, Vanessa, for you. Um, well, sea of class for all the points Kevin's made and I made just in terms of potential and excitement. But are we, are we talking about Sunday as well? Because I, I'm well, this, this question, we haven't come to your best bet yet. What we're asking about is what is the horse you're most excited about talking about on next week's show? Okay, well, then September, if she reappears in the race on Sunday. I'm glad you brought um, this up because this is huge. So it looks as though she's if she does huge. take up the engagement. She'll be running over a mile and one. Yeah. Um, I wonder, is there a fear she'll need it? But if she's any way ready, God, she'd devour this lot. Uh, would she? I mean, well, no, she would if she's anywhere near ready. But Aiden being Aiden and her having the problems she's had, you wouldn't, ex I don't think I'm, I'm, no, I'm really excited to see her back on a racetrack, but I'm not. I wouldn't in any way be disappointed if she ran a nice race to be fourth or fifth, mm, basically. Yeah. Um, she's had her problems. We know she's had her problems. They've brought her back as and when she's ready. And she's got the entry in this. And if she goes there, she'll she'll yeah, like you say, if she's if she's a hundred percent fit, of course she'll take all the beating. She's I was last season was crying out for her to be stepped up to a mile and then a mile and a quarter or a in time and due to her problems and the way she campaigns they she, they campaigned so we never got to see her um for me at her most ideal trip which i think will be over a mile and a bit and so this is a good starting point she last year she's just such a likable filly when she won at ascot and the way she won and the way she went about it was just so impressive and she had such a great attitude like she obviously has quite a bit of character mm. and obviously she has that really interesting breathing being by deep impact and out of peeping fawn and so she she has kind of the full package but at the end of last season i think due to circumstance and how they campaigned we just never got to see her at her best and now she's had a setback and i just hope that at the latter end of this season they can get her back on track and hopefully this will be a good starting point for her but she's a classy filly so when you look back in her form, obviously you highlighted Ascot and she did extremely well to win that day. She was 11 to 8 to win that day. Um, I think she was an embarrassingly short price of something like 6 to 1 for the Oaks, 6 to 1 for the 1,000 guineas as well. It was, it was Short, crazy. shorter, way shorter. Oh, yeah. man. That was 20. Was it, was it shorter than that, Kev? I'm pretty, I think it was, yeah. Was she? They went mad for her at one stage. God, that was the 24th of June. I mean, I'm not after timing here, but it just goes to show you that anti-post betting is dead. It's an absolute joke these days. Um, after that, she had to run on soft ground, which just did not suit her at all. Uh, she was a beaten favorite at the Curra again. Um, she could do no better than third. I think that race was behind. Yeah, indeed, happily and magical. So form wasn't bad. She was incredibly unlucky. I watched it back today behind Lawrence. We know how good Lawrence is. Disappointed that she's not coming over for the Oaks, but she's going to go for the Yorkshire Oaks instead. So I respect Carl Brooks' decision, but 
wow, this would have been one of the races of the entire season had she turned up. Um, somebody's having a very nice mug of tea in the background. And then at Delmar, at Delmar, she was again unlucky. She missed the break um, and flew home under Shamie Heffernan at Delmar. So there were a good few hard luck stories for September. but Excuses. The, yeah, but genuine ones, really genuine ones. Yeah, yeah, and agreed, yeah. This is a group two, so it's not the be-all and end-all, and they won't give her season away by, by forcing her to go and win this, but it'll be great to see her back, and hopefully she can build on it and, uh, and go yeah, forward. Yeah, what about Magical? Magical's coming back as well, but it looks a bit... That's right, yeah, she's also in there. And uh, Kevin, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned this yet, so too is I believe I can fly. <laughs> Jesus. So Kevin Care sent us. <laughs> Kevin sent us. Uh, oh yeah. L- l- by the way, there's to be no mention of that singer because that guy is a piece of garbage. He's an Ooh. absolute. The singer of that song is nothing short of garbage. I don't know who sings garbage. that song. Or Kelly. <laughs> Put him uh, in the bin. He's an Sorry. absolute vile cretin. Google I or Kelly. But well, let me tell <laughs> <laughs> you. You thought that the singer of I Can Fly is the new judge, <laughs> along with his wife Ada, of the X Factor. No, no, it's not. It's Or <laughs> Kelly, who has been implicated in so many dodgy things. It's if you Google Or Kelly in work now, I'm pretty sure that the HR and security team will come to your desk and tell you to leave without making a fuss. So don't do it at work. Look it up on your phone and you might want to delete your search history afterwards. He's a piece (laughs) of garbage. But that's a great song, though. I will say that. Uh, I Can Fly, Kevin. Your big hope. Yeah, she's 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 been a bit disappointing. You you know, you'd forgive her the... um... Ah, look, you could figure for both. You ran fine in the Guineas, you know, it just didn't work out. And the Oaks, the ground was just too soft, but she was, you know, tailed off essentially. Um, so, you know, you, I think she can be forgiven that as well. They've but, clearly pressed their ups Kevin, since then. Kevin, Yucatan was tailed off and he bounced back to win. But there's no, <laughs> listen, Epsom is just an absolute shambles at times. I mean, it's a great track and it's the most prestigious race without question. But William Haggis didn't want to run his horse there. It, it can be tough. And the mighty Yucatan couldn't handle it. And he's bounced back to go away. Why are you so, so obsessed with Yucatan? Because so, he's he an absolute Yucatan. monster. That's why. So I can fly, may very well fly into the winner's enclosure this weekend. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I won't knock her too much for her last two starts. But um, she needs to show that she's as good as we hope she was. You know, she's rated 101 at the end of the day. So she needs to improve. Okay. Um, anything else? On the radar for Kevin Blake? No, that'll do me. Anything else on the radar for Vanessa Ryle? Uh, no, what, we, we, a couple of, uh, is this the end of the podcast now? Yes, we're coming towards it. Um, just because we never, in last week's podcast, we never congratulated Patrick Mullins on beating Ted Walsh's record. Well we done, Vanessa Ryle. Can you tell me, please, why did you send me a Snapchat of Patrick Mullins oh, and you? Careful now. Uh-oh. Oh, at some going? kind of a show and it's a video Why are you... it's a video oh, but it's just of him <laughs> it's v- like Vanessa, Vanessa don't send things to Emmett there's a he message there's a message <laughs> from someone saying you know put your phones away uh, sit back and enjoy the show and you've literally got your phone out on video, video videoing Patrick with his 
popcorn getting ready for the show. Why did I okay, get sent that message? A couple of little uh, further rules of friendship. What <laughs> happens on Snapchat stays on Snapchat <laughs> and is not to be repeated in a public forum <laughs> such as the Final Fill on podcast. And secondly, if it is something that has made you question what is going on, maybe just like run that past me before you mention it on such a podcast, you know? Like, why are you jumping me in that now? So do you want to tell me why what what you were attending? It was, it, we, we, me, we went, <laughs> so random. There was a whole group of uh, you. No, there wasn't. Well, there was, there was three of us. Three of us went to The Lion King. We went to watch The Lion King. We're not kids. We wanted to see a West End show. Nothing we wrong with that. The Lion That's King. fine. They laughed at us. No, Nothing, it's a great show. Like, why wouldn't you want to go okay, see it? Great fine. show. And anyway, we bought a very nice bottle of champagne to drink at the Lion King. Oh, I know this. take it in. And they were like, uh, no, you can't take glass in there. So we smuggled it in in a friend's handbag. And then we got, and then, and, and then the lights were going down. And I was like, open the champagne, Paddy. And uh, he couldn't open it, basically. And we just were laughing at him. And obviously, you got that Snapchat yep. really by mistake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by mistake, I'm sure um yeah interesting it is phenomenal though and kevin we should get you your take on this as well he's broken the record for amateur winners in ireland that was previously held by held by ted walsh so seeing as ted walsh has been around since 19 dickity do that's a long long standing <laughs> record and it is quite phenomenal that patrick is so young and has smashed that record and has many years to go touch wood um as a as a talented writer and uh, he can only set an almost insurmountable task for anyone going forward. Well, look, you know, we are in a different era now. There wasn't quite as many opportunities for Ted back in the day, but Ted obviously had a very long career, and I'm sure Patrick will have a very long career. And, you know, he's even made mention of the fact that he, his next target is a 1,000, and, you know, it, you know, touching wood and everything else, that he stays healthy. Um, I wouldn't like to bet against him doing that. But he's uh, he's Patrick is underrated. Like you know, he suffers from the 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 Joseph O'Brien syndrome. Yeah. In that he was oh, of course he rides all the winners, but he's got a great tactical mind. And for a big lad, you know, a big lad is never going to look as tidy uh, on a horse as a lad that's you know six inches smaller. But I think he he does a fine job. He's brilliant. And he, he's a very intelligent. He's a very intelligent back- guy. He, he gives it a lot of thought. And um, yeah, I'd say congratulations to Patrick. Think back to his ride on Wicklow Brave at, at Punchestown two years ago, and um, where he got where he got run away with. He got run away with, but he but he managed to control the horse to the best possible way that he could. Um, but more importantly, beating and it's a and terrible it's, example. And it's a ter- no, because that horse could have expanded all of his energy. And had nothing left, and yet Patrick managed to just about keep him going, and he managed to win. Um, unfortunately, we've lost Finian's Oscar, which is a terrible shame. And um, thoughts go out to the Colin Cesar yard because he had just come right, and there was so much promise there with him. So I'm really sorry to see him go. Um, but he, he managed to produce a fantastic effort to go and beat him as well, when it looked as though there was no chance of getting him, and yet he managed to get um, Bacardi's up. To, to nail him yeah. late on and that was part of an epic day for Patrick as well it sealed the trainers championship for his dad and um, he was on an incredible winning run that day as well basically it's just a great guy yeah. well done Patrick yeah um, and lastly the last thing we should mention and Kevin Blake can talk about this is that uh, 
Joseph O'Brien had his first racing club winner. Ah, congratulations, cool. Kevin. So you set this up how many weeks ago? Um, it launched to 10 days ago. Very days cool ago. to have a first time up winner. Like that's great to get the ball rolling. I thought Seriously that was Seriously impressive. Cool. Seriously, yeah, yeah that, that was that was kind of the plan. Um, it doesn't always work out, and it didn't look like it was going to work out. We're too far on from home because the the race didn't really go to plan. Um, she wasn't really the the intention wasn't to have her quite back that far because traffic can be an issue at Fairy House. But um, she had enough in hand that to be fair to her that she was able to take the gaps when they came and won and gave a great whole day out and there was a good bunch of, of members there and we we, a good, we gave it a good old rattle and Fairy House looked after us very well. And um, I don't want to do a big sales pitch here now because people can, you know, this isn't a, this isn't an advertisement all the time. But basically, in a, in a nutshell, this is sort of an, an alternative to a syndicate. Um, you right. know, pe people that want to get involved in syndicates, there's loads of options out there, loads of really good options. Um, but they can be quite expensive to get involved in. You know, once you get involved, you're committed to, a, you know, a horse, maybe a group of horses. Um, training fees have to be paid, etc. This is basically being pitched at a lower level, a more affordable level, um, at a level where, there, and in a way that there's no real risk attached to it. Um, there's three horses in it at the minute that will hopefully grow in the near future. And basically, you pay a one-off, once-a-year fee. There is no possibility of any extra money being asked for at any stage, no matter how wrong things go. And you, what, you, what you basically get in return for that is, is to be involved with these three horses. Um, we're going to try and set a very high standard of information and engagement with all the members in terms of you know, sending updates near enough every day and videos, pictures, so on and so forth to give people a really engaging experience. And then when it comes to racing time, you can come along. Um, it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing about racing clubs in Ireland, and it's the same for every racing club. The race courses only give you eight tickets um, per club, which oh. you know, isn't sufficient in, in, in most cases. But um, we do our best to get... You know, some race courses are generous. They'll give you more tickets. And we do our best to get everybody in free. If we can't get you in free, we'll get you in half price. And um, everyone will get to enjoy and, um, the, the various jizz-jazz and the parade ring and all that. And, um, tell me... You know, Kevin, did a lot of people, I know obviously like it's only just started, but what was the vibe like? Did, it, did a lot of people turn out? Did you have a, like a jolly evening? What was it like? Yeah, I had a great response now. You know, it, it's Aww. early. You know, this, this is something that's going to be a slow build, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, things of this nature, you're not going to get fellas jumping out of the rafters. You know, we need to we need to be able to showcase what it is before. I'm sure we get many people over the line, but plenty of people have signed up and it was great to get, we, we had a full allocation. Every ticket that we had, we had, we had a man for it. And, and, so and it cool. was great actually, because I didn't know, look, we've never done anything like this before. So we we're going in and uh, feeling our way. And I thought it might attract a lot of, you know, um, beginners that just want to dip their toe in and see what it's all about. But we, we had a few in that boat, but we also had we, we, we have one guy, I won't name him now for, you know, I, I wouldn't like to name him, but Ethical we have a reasons. guy that, that's, that's been involved. I'm sure he wouldn't mind, but I, I didn't ask him, so I won't do it. But he's been involved in, in dozens of winners as, as a, you know, as a, as a partner. He's had grade one winners over jumps. Oh, wow. Um, you know, he's, he's quite a well-known owner. And um, and he he's got involved. He was he gave the the Philly the biggest roar of all. He got a great kick out of it. He he thinks it's it's a it's a great idea, um, and you know that's a great endorsement of it. I think I think it re 
represents grade value. I'm biased, obviously. Um, some people will rather get involved in a syndicate and have more skin in the game, and that's 100% fine. But this just offers an alternative to someone that doesn't want to spend as much but wants a really involved experience. You know, we'll be, we'll be having the first trip into Joseph's there in the near future. Um, there'll be other trips as well. You, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to guess where we might be going, um, which will be a great experience for everyone. And look, the Phillies got us off to a flyer. You know, she was a filly that I absolutely loved. We bought her in February and with a view to coming into the club. You sourced um, her, Kev, did you? Yeah, I, oh, I, was, mad. Cool. I, was, I was I was mad about her. She she was in the February sale at Goffs and she was my, my five-step. Um, Sorry. She, she was trained by, she was, no, she's well-bred. She was trained by Eddie Lynham originally. She was bred by Four Noughts, um, well-bred filly. Yeah. She's a half-sister to Tobin, a group three winner. And nice. um, I just liked the way she shaped last year. She looked like she had more to give. Um, I was absolutely mad about her. Um, and we we're lucky to get her at a reasonable price, given her pedigree and everything else. And um, Joseph's got a great tune out of her. She looks just she's just looks fabulous at the moment in terms of her health and her skin. And um, you know, it was it would, you know, we won't dress it up any anything else other than was it was a bad race that she won at fairy house last night but she absolutely bolted up despite yeah. all the trouble so um like, you're, like you were saying that, it, it, it looked like you were in trouble two furlongs out but in the end Danica's won very comfortably and yeah she's pricked her two ears and, and ran about you know she's she thought her job was done but uh she's a she's a very well handicapped filly i'd say and you know everyone should have um, plenty more crack with her all being well in the world and, so, um, and I'm just about once we finish up this podcast I'm tearing off on the road to Leopardstown um, because you have another runner tonight running for the club yeah, yeah sub Judice um, son of Galileo and we'll see how he goes tonight tonight's a feeler he, he's stepping up and trip hopefully he'll run well um, if he runs well he'll book his place um, at Galway I'd imagine and um, there's a lovely race for him there on the Sunday and if he doesn't run so well, um, he might go straight over hurdles. He's all schooled up and, and ready to go three-year-old hurdling. So, nice. And um, we'll wait and see tonight. That I think last night was, was the was the one with all the expectations attached. Whereas tonight we'll just be having a feel and, and hoping he runs well. But confidence wouldn't be wouldn't be nearly as high. But we'll, we'll find out. He's a love. He's a lovely prospect under under both coats. Well, I think this is a very exciting time because Robbie McNamara is doing his racing club. Um, obviously Joseph and yourself now doing this one. Um. Yeah, and, and Robbie's is a different model, you know. And people yeah. need to be aware that when we launched the thing, there, there was some comment there, and I think a lot of it was just a misunderstanding of what the whole thing was, um, because this is a different model to most racing clubs. Most racing clubs are essentially big, big syndicates where people are actually buying equity in horses and committing to horses, and um, you know, paying training fees along the way. This is not that. This is not that. You're not buying a share in a horse. You don't have to pay for their upkeep. Um, the risk is being kept in-house. Um, and that way, the members aren't committed. They're not tied down to horses. If all these three horses go lame in the morning, we'll be putting other horses in to replace them to keep yep. the I was going to ask you that, because if, you, if you've got three, you, you do replace one if one gets injured. Yeah, that's it. And that's the thought of the way it's structured, because... You know, I didn't realise that. That's so cool. Mm. So... Yeah. Okay. This. It's right. because oh, ownership. Look, and I've been I've been involved as a as a sole owner uh, in partnerships in syndicates, you know, for well over ten years, and an awful lot can go wrong. And there's there's generally more disappointment than times, which is what makes the good times so enjoyable. But the thought with structuring it this way was that we'd insulate uh, the members from a lot of those 
bits of bad luck that hit you along the way. And that it's only, you know, that when you put your money down at the start, that it's not going to cost you anything else. And even if, worst case scenario, they all go lame within two weeks, there'll be other horses uh, steered into it um, to keep the action going. And like the, like the overall, like the greater, the greater scheme of the plan is, we, you know, we hope to give everyone a really good time. But, um, you know, the hope is to get more people involved in ownership. And we could, you know, fellas that have a really good time in this, that when the time comes, we'll hopefully buy a couple of yearlings to syndicate. And some of the members in this might say, well, I had a really good time in the club, and now I'm ready to get, put more skin in the game and get a bit more heavily involved. You know, that's the that, that's the thought. But if, if if people don't go down that road, that's 100% fine too. For us, it's, it's just about giving people um, a really good experience for, at, a, at a fairly affordable price. And I said I wasn't going to give a sales pitch, but I pretty much just done that. So apologies. Well, look, I, I'm I'm clearly biased because I'm, I'm, a- I'm, I'm good friends with you, Kev. I work with Joseph, um, obviously with Matchbook, but I think it's really exciting. I think Robbie's one is really exciting as well. And I think the, the big thing about this is that it's an affordable way of getting involved in racing and whether it's mm. Joseph's or Robbie's or somebody else's that you get involved with the the excitement of being there at the races and and no I mean I think if you look at elite racing for example who've had huge success over the years and you talk to some of the people who are involved in that the sheer joy that they get from that and the friendships that they make because it brings people together who have a love of the sport and and it's a it's a proper social occasion it's a social day out but having had the privilege of being to owning hill it's some place it really is yeah, some uh, spot and uh, uh, and th- and this would be a not dissimilar model to elite you know this would yeah. be more like elite than than robbie's club would say or the gordon elliott club it's it's, it's more structured more like that but the difference is elite has quite literally ten thousand members yeah um whereas this is going to be a little bit more uh it's well it's clearly it's just started it's going to be smaller but bespoke um like i think it, it's just it's just an unusual thing and that that was what you know that, that was what made in, in my mind makes it attractive in that there's very little opportunity to get involved in a world-class yard in three horses for 500 quid a year you know it, it really it like 500 quid is, is a drop in the ocean compared to what it, it would cost to accumulate these three horses and pay to train them for a year you know um, so it's just about making the thing accessible, broadening it out, giving people that maybe otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to get involved in such a situation um, to get involved, to come into the yard, to come racing, to come into the parade ring, to enjoy following the progress of the horses um, through, you know, multimedia platforms via the app. Um, look, I, I, I'm, I'm quite passionate about it. I, I think it's, it's well, clearly, something really interesting. Clearly. Look, some, some people will, will be cynical about these things and that's fine. You don't have to like it. Um, but I, I think it offers something that, that very few of these things do at, at the level it does. And sure, look, we'll see how it goes. It'll, it, it might sink, it might swim, but we're, we're committed to it now and we'll give it a good rattle. Well, look, he's an exciting young trainer and it's an exciting thing to do. But I'll say again, whatever racing club you get involved with, I just think it's a, it's a great idea to do because it's, a, it's an affordable option of getting into racing. But I'm obviously biased because... Kevin's my friend and my colleague, and um, I get on very well with Joseph through work. So um, I'm not a member of it yet. Emphasis on yet, but I think it's hugely exciting. And you've got to go to Leopardstown, so um, you can you can drop the mic, Kevin Blake style, and head off 
and uh, and get yourself ready. And Vanessa and I'll wrap up the show. Um, your best bet of the weekend, Kevin? Forever together. Oh wow. Okay. Would you play her late? Would you wait and see that she drifts, or would you be happy with the price? Um, I think the price is reasonable as we stand. Okay. Um, and and tune into ATR because once 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 we're on ATR, obviously I'll have had a good chance hands to hammer down the handicaps and what have you with the benefit of decks so um you know listen out and uh you'll, you'll get an update on the day yep essentially tune into at the races because i will have actually have looked at the races by then <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's go. that's the uh, translated version of that one who's on duty yeah. with yourself and gary oh i don't know is it's it a quick answer is it trappy fitzy uh, i think it's uh, gary we've got gary i think it will be Gary, but is there someone additional? If you bear with no, two seconds, um, I'll get the rota up just to double check. But I suspect it might just be the two of us. Okay. I think it's just the two of you. All I'm right. in. I'm in studio. When you say you're in studio, are you in studio presenting? No, no, oh. no. Make it happen. Make it happen, ATR. Sorry. Uh, right. Uh, Kevin Blake, you head off. Vanessa and I will end the show. Uh, best of luck tonight. You'll also get to see Harzant with Frankie Dettori on board, drop back and trip. So Harzant? Be... He's out of retirement. Yeah, he's out of retirement. He's coming back. <laughs> what is, what's his name again, Kevin? I've forgotten. Hazapur. Hazapur. Yeah, there, there we go. Hazapur, who clearly didn't stay the trip. Traveled almost best at Epsom, but then just didn't stay. Um, so he drops back and trip with Frankie on board and he doesn't have a whole lot to beat tonight. No disrespect, Deauville, but, you know, huge chance of winning there. Kevin, head off. Enjoy the day and uh, we'll chat to you again on Monday. All right. Oh, bye, everyone. Good Kevin, luck. Kevin Blake, bye, Kevin. who will be uh, live on At The Races alongside Gary O'Brien. How did I get that wrong, Vanessa? Has a poor. Uh, clearly, my uh, I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that Kevin thought my case for Invincible Army was windy. I I, I was actually annoyed at that. Um, I thought it was I, good I, I thought you made a very very solid case for for the horse, but um, there you go. You haven't swayed me. I'm still going to stick with Hey Jonesy, but I might put the horse in a in a reverse forecast. Um, will you be taking an interest in the Open this weekend, Vanessa? I will not, I'm afraid. Okay, it's just um, tennis for you. It's just tennis for me. I do get into the golf occasionally if I'm watching it with someone who can understand, but I'm, you know, I, I'm, it's, it wouldn't be up there in my top five sports. My dad is a massive golfing fan, and he's Come actually on, just on a trip to Birkdale with the lads playing uh, some golf. So he'll be glued to it, I would have thought. But no, it's not my kettle of fish, I'm afraid. So you can't talk to me about it. Okay, well, I'll be cheering on Sergio Garcia, uh, who will get the job done this weekend. Um, before we go, your best bet of the weekend, Vanessa Ryle. I'm going to stick with um, the horse against Kevin's. I'm going to stick with Sea of Class. Okay, all right. You're going to go for William Haggis's filly in the Oaks. Yep. I'll complicate things by saying that Magic Wand is an absolute stone cold certainty <laughs> and you should so get stuck in. Weekend, yeah, she cannot get beat. Race. She cannot get beat. I'm interested in Dubai. Dubai, Dubai. for uh, for Godolphin. Dubai. I'm very interested in in uh, in him. Um I'm fascinated to see St. Patrick's Day and really interested to see how the market goes, but I think I'd go with with Dubai again, uh probably. And if September runs, it's a watching brief only. But I do yeah. think that Mount Everest is a good thing if he runs. He'll improve right. for that run. Um, friend of the show, Jane, who turned up to our Cheltenham preview night with a bottle of champagne, who 
which ugh, Kevin Aww. Blake ended up winning. But thank you, Jane. Jane has highlighted a tweet from Jason Doyle. Uh, you'll be interested in this, Vanessa Ryle. And this also brings us back to Pedigree Corner on the final Furlong podcast. So um, American Pharaoh, uh, the mares that yep. have visited him so far this season. Uh, let me see here now. Um, Charming, the dam of Take Charge. Cherry, yeah. Cherry Hinton. Nice. Uh, who is obviously beautifully bred and has produced Bracelet and Athena so far. Fabulous, who's a half to Giant's Causeway. Uh, Adeles Fields. I've pronounced that wrong. Uh, half to Horatio Nelson. Um, fabulous, uh, said fabulous. Uh, guilt, have to exchange rate, magical dream, uh, Miss Sky Warrior, Moth. I remember Moth, Quarter yeah. Moon. Uh, definitely remember her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Refugee, Say, uh, who's the dam of naval intelligence, um, Silk and Scarlet, uh, who produced Master of Hounds, um, Sweet Marriage. Tapestry. Oh, I remember when Tapestry won the Yorkshire Oaks under that stunning ride from Ryan Moore. Mm. That was terrific. Well, uh, Together, yeah. who was really tough. Thrilled. Vision of Clarity, who produced Pathfork. And, uh, and Willets. And that is courtesy of Jason Doyle. Uh, Jason Doyle 88 on the tweet machine, but Jane highlighted it for us. So thank you very much, Jane. Um, American Pharaoh. So how much is the... Just because we've got St. Patrick's Day running this weekend, how much is the hype about American Pharaoh in terms of the Bloodstock game, Vanessa? Yeah, well, it'd be hard not to. Obviously, look, he's standing over in America, but that those horses you've read out there are sort of some of Coolmore's, um, well, a few of their best mares there. Yeah. So they're obviously throwing a good amount of um, ta mare talent at him to give him the best chance. Um, look, like, of, like, there's a huge amount of excitement about him and his progeny. But as with all these stallions, they, they have a long way to go. You know, their racing career is one thing. And as we well know with mares and stallions, just because they were wonderful on the track doesn't make them wonderful off the track. Mm. I think we've, we've been, you know, we've been totally spoiled with Frankel because he was obviously Frankel on the track and now has gone on to have this sort of ridiculous talent in the breeding shed as well we can't with expect more to them come. all to be like that yeah. yeah with more to come and we can't expect them all to be like that but american fair has been given the best chance of um making a solid start and like how much excitement is there for his progeny a huge amount we'd be all mad not to be excited about seeing some of his horses on the track and some of the pedigrees that we know we've got to come but yeah you can't you know i would i would push that home that they can't or that just because they are superstars on the track it doesn't always work that they are going to be off the track so um it'll be exciting to see it will it will be very exciting to see he was a proper star though wasn't he oh just like mega the, the first triple crown winner since 19 dickety do and for Called good measure and for good measure he comes along and wins the breeders cup classic as well it's just ridiculous yeah, I mean, just phenomenal and the fact that bob baffert's now had two triple crown winners oh. um in such close proximity is just madness i mean a lot of people are saying as he sort of nailed down the formula to get them to win those races i don't know if it's just coincidence or whether he has honed 
a sort of training technique, time will tell, I guess, see if he has another one, which would be an absolute freak if he did. Well, I think it's a freak um, that he's done what he's done already because it, it I'm, I'm repeating myself now, but it couldn't be done. You know, you, you could yeah. not have a triple crown winner. We had so, Smarty Jones. Oh, God. Still remember that. Like, there were so many who went really, really close. Uh, even a yeah. fleet Alex, like, was very unlucky in the Kentucky Derby, but then won the next two legs. Um, you just, there was so many of them that had, that, that had huge excitement and, um, and huge opportunity. Remember um, oh, something brown? And, and he absolutely, he dotted up in the Derby. He dotted up in, in the Derby, I should say, as uh, Peter T. Fornatel would say, a uh, friend of the show. And we'll be back on with this very, very soon. And, uh, and it dotted up in the Preakness and then absolutely bombed in, in the Belmont. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It really is phenomenal that you, you've got this, these two horses in such close proximity. But one of the reasons I really like American Pharaoh is that he's, he's a grandson of Empire Maker, who I loved um, for Khalid Abdullah. I, remember, I don't know if you remember him winning the Belmont Stakes. So he was favorite no. for the late, great Bobby Frankel in the Kentucky Derby. He got beaten by Funnyside, um, I think he ended up finishing third that day. Funnyside was a gelding. Interesting rule in the States. You can run as a gelding in the classics over there, but not in the UK and in Ireland, uh, unless you're talking about the Irish St. Ledger, in which case pff, you can run whatever you want. Uh, you can run a handicap chaser <laughs> if you wanted, um, literally. But Empire Maker got his revenge in the Belmont Stakes, but there was so much love for Funnyside because he'd completed the first two. He'd won the Derby and he'd won the Preakness. And there were even taxi cabs in New York that had East Side, West Side, were all going for Funny Side. And so when Empire no. Maker won, and he won well, and I think Funny Side was third, they booed him. Oh my God. They booed him. And Bailey, the jockey, was like pointing at the horse and going, come on, give him some credit. And the crowd were booing because he'd oh, won. Not nice. That's just shocking. Yeah, really, really shocking. Um, but I really loved Empire Maker. He was a terrific horse. He then produced Pioneer of the Nile, who then produced American Pharaoh, who is now standing at Ashford Stud in Kentucky. So can you blag yourself a at-the-races bloodstock show trip to Ashford Stud in Kentucky and get to be up close and personal with American Pharaoh? Well, that would be the dream. That would be the absolute dream. Yeah. I mean, the dream is to do a sort of whole run of those stallions and go and see uh, Justify when he retires as well. Yeah. Obviously, his like scat daddy story is pretty cool in terms of breathing with, um, you know, scat daddy, bless him, not being around anymore. And then this being one of his best offspring and being able to stretch himself in stamina and speed. Um, so yeah, I definitely should get on with blagging a trip. I tell you what, I am quite interested in to blag a trip to do. I say blag a trip; it makes me sound very unprofessional. This actually would be a very interesting feature: is to try and get down to Australia to feature some of the stallions that shuttle. So oh. obviously, this year, um, Zoo Star is going to shuttle for Tween Hills. So he's um, become quite a successful stallion over in Australia in a short space of time. Has had some really good two-year-old winners over there. And they're shuttling him over to Tween Hills uh, for the next breeding season. So 2019's breeding season. And as we well know, Merchant Navy is going to shuttle and Dali have a few that shuttle. So, um, 
that's a feature I definitely want to explore at some point because I just think it's very interesting how the sort of pedigree worlds can cross over from northern and southern hemispheres. Um, so, yeah, that's something that is definitely in the pipeline. Well, I think that'd be fascinating. I'm actually quite keen to do a podcast um, just on stallions and, you uh, and, you and pedigrees. I think if if you're interested in a podcast about a one-off special or maybe a series of specials on Bloodstock um, from Darley, or it's actually now it's Godolphin because it's entirely under the Godolphin operation. Yes, but from Godolphin to Calabadilla, uh, to the Judmont Farms, to uh, the Aga Khan, to Coolmore, um, Irish National Stud, all of those huge breathing powerhouses if that's something that you would be interested in tweet us tweet us and let us know that you'd like to hear something of that because i'd, I'd be get, um, yeah you'd get if, if the listener did ones that you'd be able to source some really good people to come and guess those sort of shows because yeah. i can tell you from being in the bloodstock world even on the peripheries that some of the people that work in bloodstock have a knowledge of horse racing like you would not believe like encyclopedic you know i think you're your and Kevin's knowledge is pretty encyclopedic. And I always think, God, where do they pull these names out of the hat from? But some of these bloodstock people, I promise you, the depth of knowledge is unreal. It's phenomenal. Um, so if you were interested in that, you'd, you'd, you know, there's a good pool of people to pick from. Yeah. Well, you'd be on that team, Vanessa. But uh, I think if, that's, if that is something that you're interested in, a Final Fallen podcast, bloodstock special or a series of them, then tweet us. And if you are interested in it, we'll, we'll do it. Um, we'll, we'll definitely look into it. Right. That's it. Um, to recap, best bet. It's forever together for class. Kevin. You're going to take him on with Sea of Class. I'll yeah. go with... I'm really interested to see St. Patrick's Day, but I'll go with Dubai because he's got the proven form. And um, yeah, I think he's interesting. And uh, Mount Everest obviously wins for Electra. Right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you are out of control. Oh, and on that bombshell, uh, Vanessa Ryle, a pleasure as always. No, the pleasure has been all mine. Thanks very much, guys. Good weekend to look forward to. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Uh, hopefully we'll chat to you on Monday to recap it all. Um, if you can make it to the Curra, do. Uh, you can see the latest in the development of it. It's all coming along nicely. And I know there have been complaints about attendance numbers before, but just look at what's been done and what we'll have next year. It's going to be top class and it's going to be worth the wait um so yeah looking forward to oaks weekend i will see you on monday vanessa ryle uh from all of us thank you very much for tuning in best luck to kevin and joseph tonight obviously i'm biased if you were in any way taken aback by that conversation yeah i'm sorry i'm biased i did try to mention other racing clubs as well but um whatever racing club you get involved in if you decide to do so do it it's just anybody i've spoken to about it just has a great time and uh, and a great experience and it's a nice way of getting involved in it but obviously biased from my friend kevin um from vanessa ryle see you later from kevin blake good luck and from me emma kennedy i will chat to you all again on the tweet machine and next week vanessa take care god bless have you downloaded the free app the races app yet with easy to use race cards and form Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. 
Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile. Visit attheracers.com forward slash app for more details.